It's taking the principles and the best practices and the timeless truths of what works, but we need to assemble a unique solution for you, and that's what we call your your blueprint. Right. You know, we call this lifestyle engineering. It's like, you know, we, we've got our degrees in mechanical and electrical and computer engineering. We know how to design and solve those problems. Well, we need a lifestyle engineering degree too. How do you yeah. solve those problems? And Hi, and welcome to Helping People Perform, the podcast that gives you fascinating insights into those people whose chosen vocation is to help others perform at their best. From consultants to teachers, sports coaches to financial advisors, all of my guests share a passion for getting the most out of individuals, teams, and organizations. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Helping People Perform. Just absolutely delighted to be joined today all the way from Chicago area uh, over in Illinois there. We have with us today the happy engineer. Uh, we have the founder and CEO of the Oasis of Courage and the host of the Happy Engineer podcast. Welcome to the show today, Zach White. Paul, I am super pumped to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for, for reciprocating here. I was on your show uh, recording a couple of weeks ago. We had an amazing time, and uh, I think we've both got a lot to learn from each other and uh, and to give to the audience as well. So looking forward to this mm. one. No doubt. Yeah, and everyone who's listening to this needs to listen to your interview on the Happy Engineer podcast. I was editing it just this week, and it's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> super awesome episode, yeah. Appreciate that. So let's make this one awesome as well. So uh, <laughs> so we've got a lot to talk about in terms of the happy engineer, what that means and who you help and how you help them. But before we get into that, can you tell us a bit about your background? You know, what got you to where you are today? Well, I am an engineer. And for anybody who is one or knows one, which is most people, uh, in many ways, I fit those stereotypes. Um, in other ways, I don't. But I have a mechanical engineering degree from Purdue University and you know, followed in my dad's footsteps toward engineering. In many ways, was destined for engineering. I was one of those kids who had the knack, who played with circuits in the basement. I was learning how to solder when my friends were learning how to shoot guns. You know, It's just a different kind of experience for me growing up in an engineer's household. But I uh, got my first role in engineering at Whirlpool Corporation, one of their uh, rotational leadership development programs. And, you know, Paul, it was just the, the American dream, right? Got my, my first job, making great money, got married right out of college and started working hard. I wanted to be successful and got my master's degree in mechanical engineering as well. And the short version of a long story, Paul, is I had a really bad strategy for success. It was work harder and get smarter. Right. That's all I knew how to do. Yep. And unfortunately, that led me on a one-way street that I didn't see until it was too late toward burnout. Right. And I ended up having a really rock-bottom experience for me. Ended up divorced, depressed, really embarrassed about mm -hmm. how all that went. And it was the recovery and the healing from all of that in my career and life that ultimately led me to what I do today. Right. Oh, I mean, wonderful summary of, of what's gone on there. And I think I'm an engineer by trade. You know, I, I was just joking this week. My uh, wife's dad is an engineer and all her family. And we got a picture from my son's school of him at the uh, the stand up drill. And he's got his safety goggles on. We go, oh, we've got another engineer. In the <laughs> We're all out there. We're all out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, so you've gone out there. You've 
gone into the career that has always been on your mind in some way or other. Um, what what are some of those things that you learned? What were some of the successes in those early days from the Whirlpool um, side and, and other engineering jobs that you had that you still stick with you today? Mm. You know, I think the the things that I did get right in those first few years before I experienced the, the kind of burnout season where I learned the hard lessons. Right. But in the early days, I think a couple things I did well that I still believe in as really key strategies to succeed in any career path, but engineering no exception, was a hunger for learning and curiosity to explore things beyond what were just on the job description. Right. You know, we get paid to do a certain body of work, whatever that is. There's a job that you need to do. If you don't deliver those results, you're li not likely to experience success or promotion. There's a table stakes level. Right. But the things that create upward mobility and momentum in your career, if promotion and, and bigger impact and bigger income is something you want, those things that you need to develop in are outside of your job description. Mm. If, if all you ever do is master the work that you currently get paid to do, and you never level up in terms of skills or acumen outside of that, then you don't create that upward upward movement. And so I think that's something I did well from the beginning is just a, a deep curiosity. Uh, okay, here's what I'm getting paid to do, but w what's your job and what's your job and how does this department work and how does that department work and how do we all get along in this big organization? That type of intellectual curiosity, I think is foundational to success. Right. And so that's one I even to this day, you know, really, really hammer home for people is Get curious. Yeah, you know, just just approach life like a detective and and always ask questions. Um, I think that's huge. Yeah, no, definitely. And and all of the engineers I know are very curious in terms of not only you know what's happening, but what's the problem here? What are we trying to solve? And uh, I've got a good friend of mine who's actually the guy who brought me into McLaren. And as my daughter was struggling with some mobility issues. And she's trying to walk and use a walker and things like that. And, and he, he just sat there and watched. And he was like going, mechanics of what she's doing there, mm. maybe. And it's just all those elements in life. And it's not just about in your job. But it's having that curiosity totally. puts you in such a great mindset, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and what's great about curiosity, too, is you can use it as a, a tool to diffuse a lot of challenging emotional states. You know, if you find yourself frustrated or angry about something, mm. well, pivot that energy toward curiosity. You know, rather than being furious, let's get curious. Mm. You know, maybe you're in a place of uncertainty and you feel some fear or doubt about what's going on. Well, we can pivot that energy towards curiosity. Well, what is possible? You know, the thing about worry. It's a form of curiosity, but focused on negative outcomes. Yep. Let's just pivot that. You know, what, what if it went well? What could go right? And pivot that energy towards curiosity and a positive outcome. And so it's a really great energy and practice to nurture mm. because you can use it to come out of some less productive or sometimes just you know, places that don't feel good, frankly, <laughs> and, and get back to a, a place where you can now create a positive forward momentum. Right. And I'm 
interested if you're okay to talk about this you know the the burnout elements you know in terms of what yeah. happened with you was that um was that a sudden thing was that a build-up um what was the what do you think are the underlying causes to what led you to have that sort of off the cliff moment yeah well let's look at it from two different lenses paul there's the lens of zach white going through it as it was happening and how i experienced it then and there's the lens of Zach White today, looking back and seeing what actually happened. Right. And so let's just go to living it. Yeah. You know, if you're in it right now, or if you know, what I experienced was really the the blindness that I would call lying to myself now, but at the time it was just completely ignorant to how much I was letting myself slip. And it's a slow fade. Mm. It wasn't like one day I fell off the cliff. Yeah. It was every day I allowed the trajectory of my life and career to slip. And it began with little things. You know, marriage started to get difficult. And I didn't really know how to fix those problems because unfortunately they don't teach you uh, how to win in marriage in engineering school. And <laughs> you, can't, you can't exactly use lean product development to fix your marriage. Just uh, if anybody didn't know that, spoiler alert, it doesn't yeah. work. So, you know, that got hard. Well, Paul, instead of doing what needed to be done and having the courage to face my shortcomings as a husband and get the help that we needed in our marriage, I just worked harder right. because career was going well. Yeah. So focus the energy on what's working instead of what's not working. Right. You know, Instead of uh, taking care of areas of my health where things weren't going great, just said, you know what, I'm, I'm pretty young. I can push through this. I have stamina and endurance. I don't need to worry about that right now. You know, eating unhealthy, not sleeping well, and these different bad habits that I'd formed, traveling for work, and you know, you're, you're eating and drinking and doing things with, with the team, and just it adds up, all these little decisions. And ultimately, got to the point where I was so hungry for that next promotion, that next accolade, that success and significance of my career, that I became more and more one-dimensional. Right. And I stopped focusing on balancing my whole life, and I just was focusing on this one goal. Mm. And that tunnel vision kept me from seeing what was really going on until it was too late. By the time I realized what was happening, and I'll never forget this moment, Paul, I, I was on a work trip in Tennessee, mm and spent the week in the factory, and it was one of those weeks. You, know, you are up early, you're in the plant before anybody else is there. You, you know, we were there all day long. It was 12, 14-hour days. We were hustling, mm -hmm. and I got back from that trip totally exhausted, expecting to come into the house and you know greet my wife, who I hadn't talked to at all the whole week. Right. And instead, I walked into an empty house. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking all around, I'm confused. You know, I pick up the phone and call, no answer. And I go into the kitchen, and there on the table is a note from my wife that says, this isn't working. I think we need to get divorced. And I'm reading this note, and it, you know, your whole world comes to a screeching halt. Yeah, It's like, none of those promotions mattered. None of the paychecks or bonuses mattered in that moment. Everything that I thought was so important all fell to the sideline. It's like none of it's important. And I'd literally collapsed on the floor and just sat there and cried and wondered, like, how did my life end up here? Right. You know, I was the guy in the high school yearbook voted most likely to succeed. And here I am 
absolutely crushed and I don't know how I got here. Right. You know, so that's that's the what I went through yeah. <laughs> coming to it. Looking back, Paul, man, the signs were there way before that moment. And I just again I lied to myself and I kept a lot of secrets. You know, when things weren't working, I didn't ever tell anybody, I didn't get help. When things were were really hard on the inside, I just bottled it up and kept putting on Zach's you know, smiling face that everybody was used to seeing at the office. Most people that I worked with never even knew that I was getting divorced. Mm. I, I just did such a good job of separating my work life from everything else. And that was a huge mistake. Mm. Yeah. And that's a, I mean, one, it's a, it's a tragic story in its own right. I mean, but it's, you're not the only one out there that's gone through this. Uh, no. And uh, I guess it, one of the things that came to mind was a uh, uh, an element of <laughs> engineer through and through here. Think in my, my time at McLaren, it's you know the focus on peak performance versus robust performance. Uh, you know, it's like are you trying to be the very best at one thing, and your bell curve is very sharp, and you just if you teeter either side of that peak performance, the car stops. You know, you've, you do, you're out of the race, and you know that's that's your life. Whereas yeah, you yeah. Focus on the robust performance. You might not get that very peak element, but actually you've got some stability and you've got the ability to fall back when things don't quite work and, and don't happen as planned. Um, so Yeah, I think yeah. that's a perfect picture. <laughs> and, you know, you, your wheel of life, all these different things that matter, you know, if, if we're taking racing metaphors, it's <laughs> like, you know, the, the spokes on these wheels, if you only have one that's strong, you know, it's a bumpy ride through yeah. life. If your relationships are broken, if your health is failing, if your, uh, you know, finances are out of order. Mm. Oh, but I've got a great job. It's like, <laughs> you know, the, that's, that's not a, a wheel that you want to go down the, the road yeah. of life on for sure. So you've obviously, you've had this experience, you've turned things around for yourself. Um, and, and I know that through, through a lot of your podcasting and through the conversations we've had. So tell us a bit more about what you do now. You talk about the Happy Engineer podcast, the, the other work that you do. Who do you help and how do you help them? Yes, I'm very blessed that that tragedy, that burnout experience led me through curiosity and hunger and a desire for a different life to make really great decisions after that. Right. You know, worked with a therapist on the grief and the mistakes and the things that were broken and hired my first coach to say, hey, I need help with how to build a career. I still wanna be successful. You know, Paul, I may have burned out, but that thing inside me that still wanted to make a difference in the world was still there. Mm. So it's like, how do I scratch that itch, but do it in a way that has the robust performance that you were just talking about? You know, how do I really balance my whole life right. and create success in every domain of life and not just at work. Mm. And through the next, you know, five years that followed, I experienced tremendous success. You know, my career exploded. I had many promotions, doubled my income. I had more fun, more happiness, and I worked less. <laughs> I mean, I way less hours in that time. And being an engineer and a complete nerd, I documented that whole experience. What was every change I made? What were all the you know, little exercises and tools that my coach gave me that really impacted how I approached right. you know, life and career, my mindset, the tool set? And you know, Paul, when your life goes from rock bottom to 
you know, mountaintop in just a few years, people notice mm. and they start asking you questions. It's like, hey, how did, how did you do that? What's going on? You've gotten three promotions in three years, now five promotions in five years. Like what's happening here? I want a piece of whatever it is, you know, you're, you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I just started to fall in love with coaching others. Right. And so I trained as a coach because, hey, this is gonna help my career. I've got a team of engineers working for me. If I could coach them better, that'll be great. Well, in 2019, I had this epiphany weekend where I realized, you know what? I love engineering. I love coaching. And I have this entrepreneurial spirit that I, I really feel called to start something of my own. And I just haven't figured out what it is. What if these three things all line up in creating a coaching organization aiming just at engineers, specifically those engineers who are like I was, hungry for success, right. really seeking to make it to those higher levels of the organization, but are burning themselves out doing it yeah. and don't have the strategies and the tools to create robust success across their whole life. They, you know, Engineers really do fall victim to that peak performance, one-dimensional yeah. mindset, especially around our careers, because we, we love doing it. We love yeah. our work. Um, even when it's burning us out, we still are, you know, attracted to to doing more of it. It's kind of a weird phenomenon with with engineers. And so, I just said, let, let's help them. And right now, what we do at Oasis of Courage is come alongside these really incredible engineering leaders who want to reach their, you know, peak performance, but help them do it in a way that balances their lifestyle and helps them to enjoy the ride and avoid burnout. And so it's like that, that, how do we have both? How do we accelerate our careers, mm. but also make sure we really love life along the way? Oh, that's fantastic. So I know you, um, one of the things that's a, a bit of a tagline for you is that work less and love life. You know, it's a, it, it doesn't have to be hard, work hard, hard, hard. It's a, often the, it's the stepping back, the thinking, how can we do this differently? And there's also an element, I think, of the and culture there as well. So it's like we want the performance and we want um, the balanced lifestyle at home and we want to have fun and we want to be healthy and exercise, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, and I'll include myself in this, you know, that it's like if I get that performance, it's that or that. Uh, you know, it's like yeah. I'm going to work hard, which means I won't have time for the healthy living or I'm going to work hard, I won't have time for the family. And you know, finding ways, because they can be done. And that's, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. It can be done. Yeah. And Paul, you're, you're right. You know, we're, we can be engineers and be nerds for a moment, right? <laughs> There's this new Newtonian model of life. There's only so much time and we have to allocate it. And, and I would agree that in any given moment, there's an or equation that we need to solve for. There's a right. priority decision to make. What is most important right now? And as you and I are talking, yep. being fully present on this podcast is my only priority. You know, if, if somebody knocks on my door and tells me my wife was in a car accident, this, this interview is over and I have a new priority. And so in that regard, mm. there is an or equation. And I understand why people struggle with that. It's like, well, Zach, I can't be at the gym and at work at the same time. So it is a trade-off, right? It, yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. But but you're taking this, this idea of a now priority decision and we extrapolate that to say, therefore, I can't balance the whole equation. It's like, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, <laughs> we need to re really rethink how we approach this because, you know, if you would commit 20 minutes a day 
four days a week to exercise, you'll be healthier than the vast majority of the population. <laughs> like 20 minutes. Yeah. I guarantee you most people listening right now are spending more than that on their phones, burning calories, doing nothing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. So it is just a different mindset to say it's absolutely possible. Let's start with that belief. Yeah. And if it is, then what will be the strategy that works for me? And this is the other place where a lot of engineers go wrong is we want to copy paste a, a code snippet from someone else's success yes. and assume that it's going to work exactly that way for me. Yeah. And the fact is everybody does have a unique set of conditions to model under. Mm. And, and we need to solve for your life, Paul. How are you going to create the vision of success for your whole life? It's it's taking the principles and the best practices and the timeless truths of what works, but we need to assemble a unique solution for you, and that's what we call your your blueprint. Right. You know, we call this lifestyle engineering. It's like, you know, we, we've got our degrees in mechanical and electrical and computer engineering. We know how to design and solve those problems. Well, we need a lifestyle engineering degree too. How do you yeah. solve those problems? And that's what we do at Awaco. Oh, that's brilliant because I, I I love the approach and the way that you you continue you bring in the engineering experience. You're speaking to your audience, uh, but you're also talking in their language when it comes to solving the problems as well. You know, you talk about lifestyle engineering. It's like we're going to engineer our way out of this problem. We just yeah. need, a, need a different set of factors to consider, and uh, you know, particularly with an engineering group. And a lot of people that I've spoken to on the pod and outside the pod have talked about the target audience and being able to connect with your target audience. And, and um, I think, you know, as an engineering group, this is equally as applicable to anyone who isn't an engineer. For certain. But knowing that that's the value that you've got, because you can bring that story and you can bring um, the connection to people there. I think you're doing some amazing work. So kudos to you that. and the team. So, um, <laughs> so maybe that brings us a little bit in terms of um, how you help yourself. You know, how do you make sure that you're performing at your best, particularly in this new environment where you're giving so much to help others perform at their best? How do you make sure that you're always as, as sharp as you can be in that space? This is a really important question, and it actually makes me want to listen to a lot more episodes of your podcast, Paul, because I want to hear how other amazing leaders are answering this question. But I will start by saying my core principle here is I want to practice what I preach mm. because people don't hire coaching, they hire coaches. They don't pay for coaching, they pay for the coach. And if I'm not showing up and living the same mindsets and tools and strategies and things that I'm sharing with my clients and telling them that this is how to do it and how to solve the problem, if I don't follow that same model then what business do I have telling them it's going to work for them? Mm. You know, and so so that's my core premise: is everything that I do to stay healthy and balanced and accelerate my performance now in my business instead of my engineering career. But it's the same model. You know, I'm a lifestyle engineer just like they are. I'm just solving a different set of variables, like you said, right? I have a different vision of success, but the way that I'll get there is similar. Now. As far as what that is tactically, I am a really big believer that energy management is one of the 
absolute X factors to peak performance. And most people want to talk about time management. But Paul, I believe time is going to keep on doing what it's always been doing before I got here and after I'm gone, and I don't get to manage time. No. Time manages me, right? Like <laughs> time, time is going to do what time always does. I have a certain amount of time to invest. So in, at Oweco, we talk about time investment. Right. How do I allocate it? I think of myself as a like a capital allocator. You know, if you're a CEO, one of your key jobs is to allocate capital. Well, one of the resources of your life is time. I want to invest it wisely. What I can manage actively moment to moment is my energy. Right. I can show up and give all my energy in this moment, but if I do that, I'll be more depleted and tired later. Right. Or I may need to take a break or recharge or you know eat something or you know whatever. Or I can kind of show up at a lower level of energy, even borderline lazy, and yeah, I might conserve energy, but I'm also not gonna get the same result from this activity mm. because you only get out what you put in. And so for me, energy management is, is the priority. Now, how do I accomplish that? My morning routine is really key. I use the morning to prime myself spiritually, mentally, and physically for the day to get my energy ramped up and ready. Yeah. I plan the day with a, a tool we call our playbook. It's a, a tool we use with all of our clients. I set an intention. What are my most important things to accomplish today so that once I leave the house to actually start what is the work day and anything coming, there are no more decisions to make right. about what I'm gonna do. The day's already laid out. And the only way it will change is if an unexpected priority crosses my, my radar. You need to be willing to adapt and be flexible, but I always have an intention. Hmm. And so for me, what that allows me to do is just show up at my best to each experience that I've already laid out for what I'm gonna do today, and then make sure that I'm intentional to manage my energy along the way so that I'm getting the most out of each of those experiences. And then at the end of the day, I just do a quick reflection. How'd it go? <laughs> did I do what I said I was going to do? Yeah. Did I get the results I was hoping to to get from this from this day? If there's any quick learnings, I jot them down. And then we rinse and, and repeat the next day. And then we take that same concept and I, I do it for the week. Right. So we, we have a kind of a weekly rhythm. What's my intention for the week? I do it for the quarter. Say, so in the next 90 days, what are my highest priorities? What do I need to focus on? And I do it for the year. You know, what would make an incredible year moving towards my big dreams and vision for life? And Paul, what's so fun about this approach is, you know, I, I literally day to day don't have to think or worry at all about if my life is going the right direction. Right. Because back in January, I did some incredible visioning work. I laid out a trajectory for the year that I was really excited about. And this quarter, Q4, I've already aligned my objectives to that yearly objective. Right. And this week, I already aligned it to my quarterly objective. And this morning, I aligned today to my weekly objectives. All I have to do is enjoy the day, man. <laughs> and my life is going to end up pretty likely <laughs> in the direction I intended. And so those, those are the things that I am really focused on to help me be at my best. It's just manage my energy and really consolidate the decision-making of where I want my life to go so that then I can just enjoy it, enjoy the ride. Oh, that's wonderful. And it, it's some, you know, it, there's not a lot 
that I you know that that doesn't hit home to me right there in terms of you know, just the way of which you're going about that. Um, a couple of things uh, really strike true to me. One of the phrases I use in this house, particularly with my kids, is "We obey the laws of physics in this house." <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we can't control time, people. You know, we've only got a certain amount of time. If you want to do a ten-minute thing, and we've only got five minutes, I'm sorry. I'm you know I'm good, but I'm not that good. Um, but that focus Super on the energy <laughs> over the time is great, um, and just the alignment. You know, it's like if you've set that out and you've spent the time, and I, I'm guessing this is one of the areas where a good coach um, and, and somebody who can mm-hmm. challenge you on those things and make sure that you're set up in the first place to allow you to, to move forward. I'm guessing that's an area that can really help. Paul, it's huge. Here's, here's the thing about coaching. We could talk about it all day, but I'll just say it really bluntly. We can always convince ourselves that we don't need a coach because I could sit down and do this by myself. Why do I need a coach to do this? Mm. But here's the thing, everybody I've ever met in engineering, and I think it's true outside of engineering as well, knows a hundred things that they should do to improve their life that they're not doing. Everybody knows they should drink more water. Everybody knows they should sleep well a certain number of hours a night. Everybody knows that exercise helps you to be happier, healthier, live longer, and enjoy life. Everybody knows that setting goals makes you more likely to achieve the things you want to achieve. It's not about what you know. <laughs> it's the fact that you're not doing it. And, and a huge part of coaching and the reason to invest in one is because we need that skin in the game and the accountability of somebody who will come alongside you and say, Paul, what the heck, man? You said you were going to do X and you didn't do X. What happened? And at the end of the day, sometimes that that by itself, even if the coach doesn't tell you anything new, if they just help you do what you already know, that is worth the investment. Yeah. A great coach is going to also come along and say, "All right, here, here's how we can take what you're doing and 10x that in one move." You know, and if that that's fun too. <laughs> but <laughs> but the point being, like, even if that doesn't happen, I'm telling you, if you just pay somebody to help you live the life you already know would be great, but you're just not doing you won't ever regret that decision. Oh, wise words indeed, wise words indeed. <laughs> um, so if you could help any individual or team or organization with the skill set you've got, who would you want that to be? Paul, I think I'll go with a, a role of person. There's not a one specific, yeah. but if, if I could f- basically pull every VP of engineering and CTO level person. That that one person who has the biggest effect on the culture and focus of the engineering organization. If I could pull them all into a room and get them bought in to these mindsets and this approach and help them change their life hmm. to model what's possible, that to me would be the ultimate dream. And and the reason being culture does run downhill. And a lot of what I learned about how to be successful in the corporation and at Whirlpool, I learned by looking around and just watching everybody else. Paul, that was a bad strategy because they're all burned out too. They were all unhappy too. Their marriages were failing too. But I didn't realize that. All I did was show up at work and look around and pick up all these social cues about what success is and how to do it and just started following suit. Plus some 
inherent personality traits and things about human nature and engineers that, that <laughs> you know kind of sucked me into that. So I think if you could get that top level mm. to really show that and equation we talked about, robust performance across their whole life, they look happy. They're not working 80-hour weeks. They have these wonderful marriages and families, and their kids are healthy and happy. And like, oh, what a world-changing impact that would have because every engineer underneath them would start to feel and experience that shift. Right. And I think it would open up a whole new possibility for the future. Oh, fantastic uh, sort of in intention on that one as well. And it's another word that I, I really picked up on earlier. Um, and if there are any of those CTOs or VPs of engineering out there. Oh, let's know. talk. <laughs> let's get yeah. um, So maybe I'll, I'll flip that question on its head a little bit in terms of who would you want to sit down with, have a meal, have a coffee, have a drink with and say, if I could spend some time with this individual, then it would really help me with my performance. Who would you want that to be? Paul, this is a fun question because there's I'm a big fan of history. As I get older, and I'm not old, but every every year I get more and more interested in history. And there's so many names I would love to sit down with. But if there was only one, it would have to be uh, Jesus. You know, I am a Christian, um, but but even if you're not, I I look at the kind of thing I want to do as a coach, help individuals radically transform their lives in a way that makes them the best version of themselves. And at some fundamental level, you cannot argue with the fact that Jesus Christ impacted the world in a way that radically changed the lives of so many people. And I just would love to sit down and like share like, here's how I want to make a difference. You know, what would you do? How would you, how would you approach this? But, um, just these these individuals of history that have radically altered the mindsets of culture that that intrigues me that interests me and we could put a lot of other names on that list but i do think christ stands out to me as the the a number one on that category fantastic and I, uh, yeah i think that that element of um, having that impact and but also you know we've had similar questions similar answers from other guests as well you know and it's the idea of being able to go right particularly with historical characters we know the stories about what you do and what you've achieved but be able to spend the time with people and say how are you interacting how are you coming to the game what are the nuanced things that you're doing yeah that actually create that outcome because it's uh it, it, the outcome everyone can aspire to but it's how do you get there is the, the key bit mm -hmm. so, lovely mm -hmm. uh, so zach to close off i mean how do people find out more? How do people get in touch? Where do they go to find out about The Happy Engineer? Paul, thank you for the invitation there. And the easiest way, if somebody's resonating with this conversation or they just want to explore more about Zach White and The Happy Engineer, wherever you're listening to this incredible podcast, uh, first of all, keep listening. But second, jump over to your search button there and just to uh, type in the happy engineer you'll find my podcast give it a follow there's you know 130 and growing uh, episodes in the portfolio there and I, I guarantee you one or multiple will really speak to your situation if you are building an, a career in a technical or engineering career path so go check that out and from there you can find all the ways to connect with me personally our coaching organization and programs or any of the free resources we offer you know, from monthly live events and tools and all the stuff. So just go check out the Happy Engineer podcast 
And uh, please, too, if you reach out to me through any of those channels, social or otherwise, let me know that you heard me here. I'd want to make sure and give Paul a shout out and uh, give you some special love as a thank you for listening to the episode today. Oh, well, yep. Thanks for, for that uh, sort of words of appreciation, Zach. But, and, you know, I do say to my audience as well, you know, do reach out to people and particularly the Happy Engineers one that's on my follow list and uh, every week or whenever the episodes are coming out, I'm always listening in. So really looking forward to having this episode come out and, uh, and huge thanks for being on the show today and for sharing your stories and your words of wisdom. Uh, thanks for being on the show today, Zach White. Paul, what a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, then please give the podcast a rate, review, and share. I'm Paul Teasdale, and from sausage making to banking, oil and gas to Formula One, I help people perform. If you'd like to find out more and have a conversation, contact me via helpingpeopleperform.com.